Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. The Denver Broncos attended Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields' second pro day as he prepares for the NFL draft. Just two weeks away, are the Broncos in a position to maybe move up to draft him, or would he be able to follow them at pick number nine? Plus, for top three Thursday, we get into our top three Denver Broncos draft selections from 2010 all the way to 2020. Plus, we put to bed the Julian Edelman Hall of Fame case. With Rod Smith, folks, welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, senior NFL analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you guys follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Like us on Facebook. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast provider. And make sure in the meantime, go to YouTube, search for Lockdown Broncos, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's build it up. Once we get to 5,000 subscribers, we're going to do a jersey giveaway to one lucky listener here of the podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there. RockAuto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts that your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. I'll tell you about them a little bit later on as the show progresses. Is there one of our sponsors of today's episode of the show. But before we get into all that, ladies and gentlemen, just want to say thank you for tuning in to the yesterday's episode of the show. Patrick Keody joined us. We talked about the Broncos players' decision to opt out of voluntary workouts. The NFL has released a statement regarding some revisions to the offseason program. We'll share that with you coming up here in just a moment. But we got to get into the topic of the day. The Broncos were in attendance at Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields' second pro day. And Pat Shermer, A.J. Durso, the Broncos, they were in attendance there. George Payton was not as he was at the team facility in draft meetings that took place all day at the Broncos training facility, UC Health Training Center in Inglewood, Colorado. So he had his other guys go there. He delegated that to, to those guys there. The Broncos are getting into their final planning stages. Next week, the board is going to start to align fully, and they're going to figure out where they want to be. Do they want to move up? Do they want to trade back? Do they want to stay put? All of those decisions will be pondered more in depth next week leading up to the NFL draft, which is on April 29th. And what I'm telling you a little bit about the Lockdown Podcast Network has going on there. But for Justin Fields' second pro day session, this might be a new popular thing we see going on in the future. Sometimes you see one guy one time, right? And he may impress you, right? You want to see what he can do the second time. Mac Jones did the same thing. His first throw session, I felt like, was very impressive. His second one left more to be desired, and it started creating some questions. A lot of people were thinking, hey, was this really a good decision for him to do it? Uh, the difference in this throw day for Justin Fields at Ohio State the first throw session, they were plays that obviously he and his coaches had put together, throws that they could do. This second throw day session here, the second pro day for Fields, NFL coaches ran the drills, and they created every scenario that they wanted to see from him. Now, the Broncos were in attendance among seven other teams. The New England Patriots, one of those teams, too, that, that brought everybody into the mix, and they may look to trade up to number eight. They may look to trade up to number four. They may have to give up a first-round pick or a couple to be able to do that. But that's an option that's on the table for them right now. So I don't know if the Broncos will find themselves in a position to draft Justin Fields. I know a lot of Broncos fans want Fields. I think he'd be an exciting addition to the team. He is very smart. I mean, we talk about football IQ is off the charts. He's very cerebral. He does have that athletic ability. I don't think the Broncos currently have right now. Nothing against Drew Locke. I just don't think he has the athletic ability. 
that Justin Fields has. And look, he's played big in these big time moments and what he was able to do. And, and like I said, I'll go back to that Clemson game. The way he played against Clemson was spectacular in my eyes. I, I was very impressed with his poise, despite the fact that he took some shots to the ribs, had some crack ribs, still came in finished the game, and even competed. That, to me, stands out about Justin Fields. He's a warrior, but I don't think that the Broncos is going to be in a position to pick him. San Francisco, I think, will select him. Now, there's a lot of smokescreen regarding Mac Jones. We've talked about that here on the show. Could it be Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields? I really do believe that Justin Fields is the more likely target to San Francisco. Atlanta could be looking to get their quarterback as well. So if it is Mac Jones that goes to San Francisco at 3 Atlanta could look at Justin Fields or Trey Lance. One of those two options will more than likely go to Atlanta unless there's another option, another offer that they take in terms of draft, trade back, capital, whatever it may be. Could Denver move up to four? Everything is certainly possible. As George Payton said, we're going to be in on every deal. We're going to be aggressive, but we're not going to be reckless. So we'll see if that's the approach here. But in terms of the the overall status, the offseason program we talked about on yesterday's episode of the show, the NFL released a little bit of a revision as to what's going on with the offseason program. Some important dates, and we're going to get into phase one, phase two, and some other Broncos news and notes. So here on the screen, as you guys can see, it says the summary of the offseason program. It is nine weeks in length. It is voluntary except for one mandatory mini camp. Now, phase one, that is next week. That is April 19th through May 14th. This is where the players have said, hey, we're not going to be doing these voluntary workouts due to the NFL not creating safe guidelines just yet that has not been negotiated with the NFL PA. Phase one includes virtual meetings, two hours per day at club's direction, no on-field drills or work with coaches. This is strength and conditioning. And then the facility and weight room capacity limits will remain in place and clubs will make every effort to have the vaccine available for players, staff, and families during the first phase of the program. Our good friend Benjamin Albright had reported yesterday that the Broncos, they're actually going to roll out vaccines, voluntary vaccines to staff, players, to coaches, and their families if, in fact, that they want that. That's going to happen next week, and obviously they'll get the, the second shot down the road. But that leads to more opportunities for the Broncos to be in person Brandon McManus attended a radio session with 104.3 The Fan, Brandon Stokely and Zach Bayan. He talked about the fact that they're going to digest what the NFL has now released, and they're going to go back, they're going to talk about it, and maybe there is going to be something for Phase 1 where we see players at the team facility for the most part. But let's get into the important part of the offseason program, right? Second phase, that is May 17th to May 21st, is a one-week session where there are virtual meetings. There will be on-field drills with coaches that have to follow CBA rules. There is no contact, and the pace has to be at a teaching pace. No full-speed pace just yet. The third phase, this is a four-week program from May 24th to June 18th. It is your traditional organized team activities for 10 days, full speed, but no contact, in-person or virtual meetings, depending on the current state guidelines as it pertains to COVID. The NFL mandates, the NFL PA has to be in agreement as well. This does include a mandatory minicamp. So NFL teams did not get this last year. Okay, This is what everybody's fussing about. Everyone's fussing about being at the facility for voluntary workouts where it's strength and conditioning. The OT the on-field stuff is the more important stuff, and the Broncos could still be on the field there for this. So I think all this outrage we saw in the last 24 to 48 hours should subside a little bit. Now, the third phase, as we mentioned, the mandatory minicamp, you know, there are payment options per the CBA and individual player contracts for workout bonuses. 
and the player's eligibility for bonus payments are determined by the terms of the player contract. There are still COVID protocols in place that are negotiated by the NFLPA with daily testing, with the Mesa test, staff vaccination protocols, and other regular season protocols in place like social distancing and maps. And, and there's not going to be any change in rookie football developmental programs or even post-draft rookie minicamps. So something to keep an eye on for the Denver Broncos here as the offseason continues. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our conversation. Top three Thursday, the top three draft picks selected by the Denver Broncos from 2010 to 2020. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode show. That's our good friends over there, rockauto.com. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and it does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they have everything you could be looking for for your vehicle, whether you're doing something, renovating your vehicle, restoring a project in the garage. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your doorstep. And the RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck, and you can even look based on preferences like year, make, model, and even the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? When you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us, Box? so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And as we continue our discussion on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, I just wanted to remind you guys to check out the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. You get all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Peter Bukowski does a great job bringing you the updates on the latest news in almost every major sport, bringing in our local experts on the biggest stories. Follow the Locked On podcast today on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcast. But let's get into the conversation here, Broncos country as it pertains the top three Thursday, one of the things we like to look into is what are the top three, whatever it may be, right? And as the NFL draft is approaching, the one top three portion I wanted to really take a look at, and I wanted to gauge Broncos fans' interest, and a lot of this was almost unanimous, but asking Broncos fans, who are your top three Broncos draft picks from the years of 2010 all the way up until 2020 of last year? I'm going to give mine, and then we're going to get into some Twitter responses from Broncos country. The selections that I have for Denver in terms of the top three draft picks, I think that the organization has made in the last 10 years. Von Miller is at the top of the list. He's obviously number one, Super Bowl 50 MVP. His postseason run in that 2015 season was phenomenal. Part of a, one of the best defenses of all time for Denver. But just his impact as a pass rusher has been unspoken for. I mean, you can't even talk enough about how good of a player he is. His get-off off the line of scrimmage, he's arguably – one of the best Broncos defensive players in history. You can make that argument. There's Steve Atwater, Champ Bailey. Von Miller has an argument of being potentially, and, and maybe, look, depending, he's got one more year left on his contract. If he finishes his career in Denver, he has the opportunity to be the Broncos' best defensive player in franchise history. I think that there's a real legitimate chance at that, and we'll see what kind of Von Miller shows up in 2021. The second player would have to be Demarius Thomas, and I tell you what, this is one of those players – 
that even when I was in high school at the time, you know, by the time that he was drafted, I believe it was a junior in high school, watching DT, everyone was dogging on the pick because at Georgia Tech, all you do, it's a running offense. All he does is block. You know, he's going to have a couple of big plays here and there, but DT really brought it, and he came on, especially, you know, with Tim Tebow. It was a really odd scene. And I, I'll go back to that Minnesota Vikings game where the Broncos traveled to Minnesota, and they just had Tim Tebow and Demarius Thomas going off. And, I mean, I believe it was Christian Ponder was the starting quarterback for the Vikings at that point. And this was a game, I think, where Andre Goodman had a game-sealing interception late. He was able to redeem himself. But Demarius Thomas really broke out in that game in a big way. Sizable guy, fast. And we saw him elevate his game even more when Peyton Manning came to the Broncos organization. I mean, the the smokescreen play that they ran was bread and butter. Just the ability to, to contact and shield guys. I mean, when you run hitch routes, DT would use his body as a shield, box guys out, post up and he'd catch the ball there. Now, obviously, there were some issues that he had in terms of drops. I know that was a big issue in the eyes of Broncos fans. But when I go back and I look at his overall productivity and his play as a Bronco, he's arguably, from 2010 to 2020, one of the best selections that they made in the NFL draft. And, you know, fortunately, uh, it didn't get too bad. Of You know, when Josh McDaniels there, he's one of Josh McDaniels' picks. So maybe that's the one good thing that Josh McDaniels and Brian Zander brought to the Broncos organization before John Elway took over was DT. And I'll, I'll never forget my first year working in media, being at Broncos training camp, you know, DT was there and it was Cortland Sutton's rookie season. And he's coaching these guys up. He's coaching Fred Brown up. And, and, you know, he knows he's kind of the odd man out at this point of his career that these younger guys were, you know, drafted to essentially replace he and Emmanuel Sanders at the time. And so he was still offering his wisdom. That's one thing about DT. His leadership was very impeccable. And you could talk to various Broncos players. You could talk to Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton, who are still on the roster to this day, that were around Demarius Thomas. And they'll talk about how much of an impact that he had on them their rookie season, the, the leadership and, and what he's been able to pass down to them has been very valuable. And I was really bummed out that we had to see Demarius Thomas finish his career elsewhere. I mean, he's not even in the NFL right now, but you know, the trade of the Houston Texans was, you know, kind of a, a big shock, I think, to a lot of Broncos fans at the point in time. Then he ends up coming to play against the Broncos that very season. I think right after he was traded, he came and he played against Denver. So it was really odd. But DT very appreciated. I think when it's all said and done about his time as a Denver Bronco. The third selection would be Justin Simmons. I mean, for him to be the type of player that he is, to get this type of contract extension he's just now gotten uh, especially after a career high season last year being a third round pick Justin Simmons has exceeded those expectations that many people had now let's get to the honorable mentions here I think that there are still a lot of players and we're getting into some Broncos fans responses coming up here in just a moment but the honorable mention we have to take a look at Derek Wolf Derek Wolf was one of those guys that came in and I'll never forget the moment where Derek Wolf in my opinion I started seeing the change in his game is when he told Philip Rivers that he would eat his children because, you know, Philip Rivers, jaw Jackson, he talks a lot of smack. We know that. Uh, Derek Wolf said that, and things started to change a little bit. But Derek Wolf, I, in my opinion as well, I, I felt was kind of underappreciated in Denver until, you know, he was gone. Now the Baltimore Ravens, they decided to bring him back, which is good. He's feeling valued. He could still contribute at a very high level. He's just not in Denver anymore. But he he deserves an honorable mention. Garrett Bowles, I think, for his transformation so far, what he did last year, you can maybe throw in an honorable mention for him. Bradley Chubb, I think you can throw an honorable mention in. Danny Trevathan and Malik Jackson are two players as well that you can throw an honorable mention in as well. But I want to get to some Broncos fans' responses here on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. We're going to go to Twitter here. I asked Broncos Country, who are the top three Broncos draft picks from 2010 to 2020? 
Eddie G says Von Miller, Demarius Thomas, and Justin Simmons, right? So we were unanimous there, Eddie. I like that. Michael Carmelini says, got to go with Von, DT, and Simmons. Yes, those are the three. And then we got Jeff Stambury, a little bit different, similar but different. Von Miller, Justin Simmons, and Malik Jackson. And I think for Malik Jackson's time in Denver, yes, I mean, he was very valuable. You can make the argument that he was one of those biggest players that came up for them in 2015. Just a couple of big moments, getting his hand up, deflecting passes. Now, Shelby Harris is that guy for the Broncos, so Denver's looking good there. Joel Stevens says DT, Miller, and Simmons. He says, sad thing is, is how easy it was to think of those three, right? There hasn't been many other players. Blade me do it, says there's too many Vons being brought up. Not enough Monty Ball, Sam Jones, and Chad Kelly. Where is my true greatest of all time representation? And and this was definitely, I, I appreciate the satire there. But yeah, even Monte Ball, you know, he, I thought he had potential, but then, you know, obviously he had some of the, the own personal issues with substances and, and just the off the field stuff for him. He's in a better place now in his life, but just never worked out with Monty Ball. And I remember that was a, a big talking point. Um, Always orange and blue says, I'd say Miller, DT, and Simmons. I mean, that's the consensus one. Taylor Koth says, Von Miller, Demarius Thomas, Justin Simmons. I feel like there's almost no room for debate on that. Those three make up a tier all on their own. The only guys who could join them are too early in their careers to have a legit claim to it, right? Some guys I'm thinking about too, you know, maybe not yet, but maybe eventually at some point, maybe after the season, Cortland Sutton might be one of those players. Jeff Stanbury counters with Taylor's tweet and says, the player that Malik Jackson turned into far exceeded where he was picked. My only reason for having him ahead of Demarius Thomas, but it's splitting hairs. You can't necessarily argue it. Jordan Lopez says, Miller, Simmons, and Judy. I think at this point, it is way too early to say Jerry Judy is going to be one of those top picks. Yes, first round pick. Expectations are high. We know the potential that Jerry Judy has as a player. It makes sense. But I think it's too early to say, hey, Jerry Judy's in that conversation just now. Now, no comment says Vaughn, Bradley, and Justin. Vaughn, Simmons, and Bowles by Uganda's Joy01. Good friend Zach Seeger says Vaughn Miller, Justin Simmons for sure. The third one is tough, but probably doesn't win a Super Bowl without Malik Jackson or Danny Trevathan. And they got them for outrageous values. Absolutely. Cortland Sutton's in there as well. Justin George here. This was one that came across my uh, my phone, my notifications. I really wanted to touch on He says Brock Osweiler was not a bust, but one of the better draft picks in Broncos history. That may be a hot take, he says, but without him, the team doesn't win five games and go on to win the Super Bowl. He's worth a second-round pick if he never contributes ever again. Yes, I do rock with that. I do agree with that because Brock Osweiler was very instrumental in the Broncos being able to win a couple of games. Because think about it, in that final game against the Chargers, if Denver lost that game in Week 17 against San Diego at the time, they would have been potentially out of the playoffs completely. There was home field advantage and playoffs on the line, and Peyton Manning obviously came in in the second half and kind of changed things. But the Broncos don't get there without Brock Osweiler. You have a great point there, Justin. And then we have Patrick Keote. You heard him on yesterday's episode of the show. Von Miller, DT, Justin Simmons. Honorable mention, Sly Williams. And the, the cool thing about Sly Williams is he actually came back to the Denver Broncos. That was a nice thing to be able to see for him. He was able to come back. Uh, last season and contribute. But those are the top three draft selections and the unanimous, I think, consensus around Broncos country, Von Miller, Demarius Thomas, and Justin Simmons. But coming up here in just a moment, we got to put to bed the Julian Edelman for the Hall of Fame case. And we got to talk about Rod Smith a little bit more in depth. Looking forward to your feedback on that. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, betonline.ag. And betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but you have the NBA season. MLB starting up. You have the NHL season in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine, 
BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Jumping into the fourth quarter of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, April 19th through the 26th. We want you guys to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irving, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Balding, are our local experts for every team making the trades, making the selections for the next stars of the teams that they cover. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Lockdown and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app, AUDA. CY or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you folks. But getting into our fourth quarter action on today's episode of the show, uh, Julian Edelman, as we all know, recently this week had announced his retirement from the National Football League. You know, a history of concussions, knee injuries, and he just wasn't at the point where he could keep going on in his career 11 seasons into the National Football League. And obviously, a hell of a competitor. Being able to watch Julian Edelman on film, he was one of those guys, if the Broncos ever played the Patriots, he was probably the one guy outside of when Tom Brady was the quarterback, you really had to pay attention. He was the one guy that was going to hurt you or that could hurt you and, and blow the game wide open. And, and obviously he had his moments where he ate against the Denver Broncos, especially early on 2014 and the Patriots come back with the Broncos. They were up 24-0 at halftime. They blew that lead and they lost in overtime. That was one of those games where, yeah, I just it, it never settled right with me at the time being in high school. Actually, I wasn't in high school. I was one year removed. No, two years removed. That was 2014. I was two years removed from high school at that time. Yeah, that didn't sit well with me, um, obviously, in 2014. But, yes, Julian Edelman, a phenomenal player, uh, went to Kent State, played quarterback at Kent State. You know, has played defensive back for the Patriots in some packages as well. He, I mean, he's been able to do it all. But a lot of people are talking about this week on social media, Julian Edelman, He's up for the Hall of Fame now. I'll never forget after his Super Bowl performance where I believe you know he had 11 catches. He was the Super Bowl MVP. He was the guy that, that did everything for them. I Everyone said that, hey, look, this is Julian Edelman's Hall of Fame moment. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver because of his performance in the Super Bowl. And I just wanted to say, no, he's not. Plain and simple. I mean, I, could even, I can't even drop this mic, but if I could, I would. Uh, he's not a Hall of Fame wide receiver. And if he is... Well, then what about the guys that paved the way for him to be a player in the National Football League? What about the guys that have, you know, in my opinion, were in the NFL at some of the hardest times when the offensive game was tough? Defensive rules were more lenient. Defenses got away with hitting you and being more physical. Julian Edelman, yes, he, he provides that agile ability in the slot, but I would argue that if Julian Edelman is going to be a Hall of Fame player, Rod Smith is a Hall of Fame player and deserves Hall of Fame recognition before Edelman ever gets that consideration. Now, 2026, I believe, is when he'll be Hall of Fame eligible. If he gets in before a guy like Rod Smith in the next five years, I'm going to be completely disappointed. And as we all know, there is an evident lack of Denver Broncos appreciation in the Hall of Fame. Now, I think it's changed over the last couple of years. But let's be honest, Rod Smith has been very deserving of being inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So let's compare the two careers right here. Julian Edelman. His stats through 11 seasons, he had 620 catches, 6,822 yards receiving, 36 touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. And, you know, he's a three-time Super Bowl champion, and he played a big role in one of their biggest Super Bowl uh, moments where they came back. Uh, he was one of those guys that really stood out in a big way there. So, yes, you can't discount that he's been a part of a Super Bowl winning team. Tom Brady is his quarterback. Phenomenal, right? He was an impact player. Those stats, in my opinion, not Hall of Fame worthy. If they are, what about Chad Ochocinco? 
right? What about Brandon Marshall, former Broncos wide receiver? Not the linebacker, the wide receiver. Uh, and, and let's take a look at Rod Smith, okay? 12 seasons in the NFL, right? And in the first couple of seasons, he didn't start much. He started only two games in his first two years, but he did rotate and contribute at, during those first two seasons of his career. He had 12 seasons in the NFL. He had 849 catches. He had 11,389 yards receiving 68 touchdowns. He's a three-time Pro Bowler and a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's a phenomenal All-Pro player, in my opinion. Uh, should have gotten that recognition, but I just remember being a young kid, um, and this was in 2005. I was so devastated because Rod Smith, for majority of that 2005 season, actually it was 2006, spent it on injured reserve, physically unable to perform because he had that hip injury that was really limiting him. That's when Jay Cutler came in in 2006. 2005, he did play, um, and that's when the Broncos went to the AFC Championship game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But to me. Rod Smith was one of my favorite players to watch because he just had this underdog mentality. We talk about an undrafted guy, an undrafted gem. Rod Smith is a guy, in my opinion, that deserves all the recognition of the world of being one of those later round uh, to undrafted guys in that same category there coming up out of nowhere and being an impact player. You want to throw a deep ball, you want to throw a jump ball, Rod Smith was going to go up and do it. You needed a big play in the Super Bowl moment, Rod Smith was going to do it. The Atlanta Falcons game where he ran that post pattern and he caught that touchdown to blow the game wide open. I mean, that was it. Rod Smith was an impact player in that regard. His productivity, I mean, the fact that in 12 seasons he had just about 200 more catches, about 229 more catches than Julian Edelman did in one more season. He also had more yards. I mean, 6,822 yards for Edelman in comparison to 11,389 for Rod Smith. 36 touchdowns to 68 touchdowns to Rod Smith. Three-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ. I mean, the impact right there speaks volumes. And I think the NFL game has changed so much, right? The era is different when Edelman has played in comparison to now Rod Smith. I think that Wes Welker deserves to be in the Hall of Fame before Julian Edelman. But Rod Smith, ladies and gentlemen, he deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We need to make it happen. I want you to make your case in the comment section below. This is one thing, too, on the YouTube channel. I want you guys to start getting into. Make your case for Rod Smith. Why do you believe that Rod Smith should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame representing the Denver Broncos? But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, Locked On Broncos. You can get this podcast every single day, five days a week, on your favorite podcast provider. You can also get us in video format on YouTube. Make sure you head over to the YouTube channel, Locked On Broncos, and hit that subscribe button. We are at 3.5 thousand followers right now, subscribers on YouTube. Once we get to 5,000, we're going to do a jersey giveaway. More than likely, the Broncos' first round draft selection will be the jersey of choice that we give away. So help us get to 5K subscribers, and you will be entered in for a chance to win that jersey. We'll go into all the details in the coming days, weeks, and months ahead here, Lockdown Broncos. But with that said, tomorrow's episode of the show is Friday. We'll bring you the latest Broncos news and notes. We'll bring you our perspectives. If anything changes, from around the National Football League. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.